Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to, uh, uh, we're going to start in Psalm 78. And then we're going to get, work our way to the books of First and Second Timothy. But as y'all know, we are in this legacy series that we started last Sunday. And uh, we're going we're gonna to end this series next Sunday, November 6th. Pastor Jacob will be addressing all the campuses via the screens. Uh, and so you're not going to be alone. Pastor is going to speak to every single one from the Lafayette campus. It's something we do every single year. And so you'll, you'll have the opportunity... Uh, to hear from him next Sunday. But today we're in part two. And uh, if you remember, legacy is, uh, for some people, hard to define. But the way that we define it here at OSC is this. Legacy is, listen carefully, it's the future influenced by you, but without you physically present. Does that make sense? It's the future influenced by you, which you do now. Uh, the ripple effect of your life carrying on to impact future generations. And last week, I talked about the legacy established by Jesus uh, and that legacy that has been passed on from generation to generation by his disciples. And this morning, I would like to uh, take just a little time to show you just a part of how that legacy established by Jesus continues to this very day in Acadiana. And as we begin, let me ask y'all this question. Uh, who here uh, uh, remembers the, uh, the orange chair days? Raise your hand if you were in the church at OSC in the orange chair days. Raise your hands high, okay? Raise your hands if you have no idea what the orange chairs even mean. Raise your hands. Okay, the majority. Okay, well, that, that, that's a good thing. We have a lot of new people. Well, when we speak of the orange chairs, we're talking about uh, decades ago. I mean, OSC started uh, approximately uh, 24 years ago. Back to the beginning of the church in Broussard. That's really where it started. But even before the church got off the ground, OSC was conceived in the hearts of Pastor Jacob and Michelle Aranza. And Pastor Jacob had traveled for, I mean, years, decades perhaps, around the world preaching, evangelizing. Uh, he even preached with Billy Graham on at least one occasion. And God really used Pastor Jacob mightily as an evangelist. And I said last Sunday, I said, you know, he's the evangelist. I'm the teacher. I say, you know, Pastor, you catch him and I'll clean him. Y'all know how that works? So uh, how many of y'all know we need every gifting in the body of Christ operating? Uh, and so he has operated in that gift, even as a pastor here. But before OSC started, that's what he did. He just traveled and he spoke in churches and won people to the Lord everywhere he went. But then there came that moment when he knew that he was supposed to start a church here in Acadiana. And again, we're talking about just over... Uh, two decades ago, OSC started. And just to kind of give you some dates, uh, Broussard, you, you, we, we can trace that back to 1998. Uh, the Lafayette location really started in 2002. The Opelousas campus, uh, 2010. Midtown, 2015. New Iberia came several years later. And then, as y'all know, a new campus is about to be launched. Are y'all ready to hear where that's going to be? 
or you're going to have to come back next Sunday. Uh-huh. I know y'all hate me. I know. Um, but but that, that's coming, that's coming um, soon, and you'll hear more details about that. But here's what I want you to see. O- over the years, God has reached this church. He has used this church to reach thousands of people from every walk of life. And we're not the only church, of course, in Acadiana. There are some incredible churches in this region. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And we need to remember them in our prayers and support them because we are the kingdom of God. Are y'all with me today? We are the kingdom of God. We are the people of the kingdom of God. We're not, we at OSC, we're not the only ones doing it. But this is the church family that I'm a part of. It's the one you're in. And what you need to know is that because of God, yes, ultimately God, but because Pastor Jacob and many others have partnered with God and have sowed seeds over the years, today we are reaping a harvest because of that. And we take it back, yes, God, God. Everybody say God. God. God is the one who's responsible for it, but we, we co-labor with Him. And so today, as we, as we meet across all the campuses, thousands of people gather. And thousands of people have been reached through this particular ministry, and we should give God praise for that. All of what we see today is possible because of the grace of God and because of the faithfulness of Pastor Jacob and others who were thinking beyond themselves to the next people, the next person that God wanted to reach. Listen, there's power in this word I'm going to talk to you about for a little while, and it's the word next. Pastor Jacob was, was, yes, concerned about the, you know, the nations hearing the gospel. He traveled, but he, he got a heart for Acadiana and he wanted to win people here and not just one or two and be satisfied, not a hundred or maybe a couple hundred and be satisfied, but he's been constantly thinking about the next. And we should as well, because if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here's the thought that I had. We reap where others have sown. Would y'all say that's true? We reap where others have sown. But if we reap for ourselves, but don't sow for others, the field will be barren for the next generation. Does that make sense? So in many ways, you are, you are reaping because somebody else was faithful to go before you and what? But if you don't sow... The next generation will walk into a what? An empty, barren field. And that's just the way that it works in the kingdom of God. Sowing and reaping a real business. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. And this, this applies in so many ways. But, but in particular, with the kingdom of God and with the church, write this down. Me, everybody say me. Me can be a huge hindrance to reaching them. Me. A preoccupation with yourself. A preoccupation of, with, with what God's just doing in my life. If I look to that and, and just keep looking at that and I don't look beyond that, well then the next generation won't get reached. Let me say it a different way. Now can be the greatest enemy of next. Does that make sense? Now, like just focusing on what's going on like right now, like I'm busy and I got this going on, I got that going on and I got to do this and I got to do We have to think about the now, don't we? 
to, to fail to do so would, to, would be to, to, to be irresponsible. We've got to think about the, the now, but if we're not thinking about the next, you, you get the point. We've got to be thinking about what's to come because this is the heart of God. We are saved today because of generations of disciples who looked beyond themselves, who went to the mission field. Y'all understand? We are the Gentiles. People, hundreds and thousands, tens and hundreds of thousands of, of Christians have gone before. And they paid the price. They went on mission. They preached the gospel because they understand that people will perish if they don't hear, believe, respond to the gospel. And so thank God for people's faithfulness. But, but, but God is the God of our generation. But how many of y'all know He's also the God of the, of the next generation? Psalm 78 verses 5 through 8 tell us this. He, God established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. How many of y'all know we need to testify about the faithfulness of God? We need to tell the next generation about the goodness of God. If not us, then who? Who better to testify to the goodness of God, the ways of God, than us to our, to, to our children, to the next generation? So he established these things, verse 6, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, verse 7, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. How many of y'all know it's easy to forget sometimes? We have to remind one another, but to keep His commandments, verse 8, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Here the writer is saying, remember, remember, tell, declare, don't forget. And I, I'm so thankful for those who have gone before, who planted seeds, who sowed, who did the hard work so that our young people could be saved, reached with the gospel. And I want to show you quickly a, a video that illustrates what this looks like. I want you to please direct your attention to the screens. An orange chair, a symbol of sacrifice. It's a reminder of who we are and where we've been. A sign pointing the way generation to generation. So many memories. It's a million years old. It is. I think I've sat in this before. This exact one feels like me. What's your name on it? Yep. It's the actual chair. It is. Wow. Our, our Harvest Fest we did out here. Yeah. Like classic, classic Harvest Fest so memories. What'd you dress up as? I dressed, I dressed, oh, I had a couple things. One, I dressed up as a hundred churches. I remember that. that you won the competition. The costume competition. And it, true story, this scarred me. I won the competition, but they didn't give me the bike because I was a pastor's kid. Yeah. I, and you know what? At that moment, I said, I'm hurt. But at Harvest Fest, I remember that was the first time I saw and heard about Don Mendoza and what had happened with him when he had his um, wheelchair and stood up and said, this is what God's done for me. Wow. In light of his story, it was amazing. That's wild. One of the things I remember is every single Sunday, yeah. we're planting 100 churches. And it's funny because you press play and you look now, 2022, and you actually see, I think his heart was less about the churches and more about the people. Yeah. 
And I think he probably looked out and saw a hundred people saying, we're going to have a hundred of these, but you actually look out now and see thousands and thousands right. and thousands of life change. I remember learning about the power of the Holy Spirit in this room yeah. and feeling called to missions in this place and going, my identity and who I was, it wasn't just for my mom and dad. It was also for me to pick up that baton so and run as well going, what an honor it is that we get to live beyond ourselves. I think the thing I'm looking forward to is continuing to do what we've been doing. The vision never changes. Yeah. It's just our turn to fulfill it. And the vision's always been reaching people and building lives. When you have a burden for these people in this community, it's funny. I was riding on the golf cart with my son. Every time he gets on my lap and wants to gra grab the steering wheel, his first instinct is to yank it left. And the temptation for the next generation is always to do something new for the sake of doing new. But really, the foundation of the path has been laid out before us. It's just simply our turn to continue doing what's already been done. It feels like a Elisha situation where we've watched the Elijahs, like where like your dad was you've pastor like the best one preaching to clubs and now it's cool that I'm sitting in St. Marvin Junior High mm -hmm. with a hundred kids coming to a Bible club. We are a church planning church and to raise up the next generation of leaders to go out for missions and global missions and even just seeing one day young women come up into their God-given identity. Awesome. I think I'm really passionate about seeing people bringing God into their workplace and into their own sphere. It takes all of us to build the body of Christ Absolutely. and to be, bring Christ into our everyday life of where we are. One thing that I hear Pastor Jacob saying all the time is tear down pride, poverty, yeah. and prejudice. And uh, a black man married to a white lady as a mixed daughter is something that I really, really, like God has placed on my heart as something to really tackle and I love that that's the heart of this house. When I think about those people who were in that room, um, I get very emotional thinking about it just because if I was to go back and tell all of them every pain, every moment, every tear that you sowed was is so worth it and has given us in the future generations to come and everyone in our house right now the strength to also make that sacrifice. Think you won't even begin to cover it, honestly. I think stressing that every little thing matters. What you're doing right now is the reason why I have a family. This isn't about us. This is about Jesus. This is about the the children and their children and their children, and it keeps going on. I would just say thank you for showing me who Jesus is. Yeah, I think I would first say thank you because the first life that's been very impacted has been mine. Yeah. And my life has been built on the sacrifice right. of these people yeah. wouldn't be here my wife my family yes. what we're building wouldn't be without them you know when you sow maternal seeds the harvest is always so much bigger than you would ever imagine <laughs> yeah. so much bigger than you'd ever imagine yeah. and that's what I think I think of the people that gave and listened yeah. to a vision when we had a hundred people inside of an old honky tonk yeah that <laughs> probably, <didn't make> sense. <laughs> probably thinking you are crazy yeah and then to be able to see wow look at what God did yeah 
now it's our turn and we're carrying right. the baton. Absolutely. And we're doing the same thing. Absolutely. And there comes that moment where you do it because it's the path that's laid out before you, but then there comes the moment where you do it because it's the burden that you have. Right. And you see, we serve a generational God, the God of yeah. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's so cool to see now it's our turn. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah, and here's what I want you to see. Okay, that is a clear example of what it means to get the heart of the gospel, the heart of who God is, the heart of Jesus. Because I wrote this down just a couple of days ago because this is so powerful for us to get here. They got it, but let's get it. Uh, Jesus didn't just think about his generation. He thought about, of course, the next generation and future generations. How many of y'all know he wasn't out to just make disciples of his own nation, but he sent his disciples out to make disciples of all nations. He wasn't just thinking about in his day, the now Jesus was constantly thinking about the next. And we've, we've got to get this. If we don't have it already, we have to get this heart. It was the heart of Jesus here at Midtown. We got to get this heart. We got to see this heart in him. But I want you to also see today that this was the heart of the apostle Paul. Next to Jesus, no one had this heart like, like the Apostle Paul. And, and, and as y'all saw in the, the uh, 40 plus, um, the 40 part series I did through the book of Acts, I think it was like 43 messages that myself and Pastor David preached. I hope you saw this, that God used the Apostle Paul in a huge way. And everywhere the Apostle Paul went, he reached people. Like he preached and he reached people. And I could talk to y'all for, for hours about the people that, that Paul reached. But for just a few minutes, I want to talk to you about one person in particular that Paul raised. I want to talk to you about one person that Paul raised. And that, that, that man's name is young Timothy. How many of y'all have heard of young Timothy from the Bible? First and second Timothy, two, two letters named uh, with this name in mind. Uh, Timothy, if you didn't know, was one of Paul's uh, traveling companions. Paul had a huge hand in Timothy's life, and we don't know all the details, but putting it all together the best we can, uh, uh, Timothy's father was a Greek and Timothy's mom was a Jew. And somewhere along the way, Timothy, young Timothy, probably late teens when he got saved, uh, gave his life to the Lord, surrendered to the Lord, said yes to the Lord, and begin serving the Lord. And in time, it, the story shows us that, that Paul got connected with Timothy and started meeting with him, discipling him, and really became a spiritual father to Timothy. Listen to how Paul describes his relationship with Timothy in Philippians 2, beginning in verse 19. Listen carefully. I hope in the Lord... Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you for listen to the language here for I have say it with me no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare for they all seek their own interests not those of Jesus Christ but you know Timothy's proven worth how as a son with the father he has served with me in the gospel. Verse 23, I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. 
Now, once again, we don't know all the details, but we do know from this passage and others that Paul was like a father to Timothy. He spent time with Timothy. He poured his life into Timothy. And and let's say it this way. Paul poured into the next generation. Paul wasn't just thinking about his own ministry, but being decades older than Timothy, Paul was thinking about the next generation. And we know from the Bible that, 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 that Paul loved him. But in his love for Timothy, Paul wanted to pass on something to him. And he also wanted to pass on something through him. And here's just a little brief synopsis of the story. On Paul's second missionary journey, he ministered in Ephesus where people got saved. And after people began to get saved, a church started there. Well, Paul, as a missionary, moved on, and he did more missions work. He was later arrested, as y'all know, for my last, my last message out of Acts, that Paul was placed under house arrest in Rome. But then afterwards, Paul was released because God had more for him to do. And after being released, Paul took Timothy with him. Watch this. Back to the church in Ephesus. And the need there was for Timothy to remain in Ephesus to combat false teaching that was happening there in the church in Ephesus. So Paul takes Timothy to Ephesus. Paul leaves. And then not too long after, Timothy's in Ephesus. Paul left. Paul writes a letter to Timothy, who's in Ephesus, just keeping the facts straight. And that letter is known today as 1 Timothy. And so in that document, that's the Apostle Paul basically encouraging young Timothy to carry on with the ministry in Ephesus. It's Paul concerned that the church in Ephesus be healthy under Timothy's leadership. So when you read 1 Timothy, know that that's the background. But then the story goes on that Paul was arrested again because he preached the gospel, got into trouble. How many of y'all know preaching the gospel will get you into trouble? He got into trouble, and this, this time in the mid-60s, uh, it, well, it wouldn't end so well for the Apostle Paul because precisely in the year 67 A.D., of course, uh, the Apostle Paul was executed in Rome. But I say all that to say this. Just before the Apostle Paul was executed, the Apostle Paul wrote another letter to Timothy from prison. What I'm saying is, right before this older generation passed on, Paul wrote a letter to the next generation, to Timothy, to encourage him to take the baton, to take the torch, and to continue on in Jesus' name. That's what largely Second Timothy, the heart of Second Timothy, is about. Paul wrote from prison to Timothy in Ephesus to say, basically, continue on. And I love this about the Apostle Paul, because think about this with me. Paul could have written a letter to anyone. I mean, if you're about to die, who, who, who would you address? Who would you write a letter to? Well, we don't know everything that Paul wrote, but we do know that right before he died, Paul was not thinking 
in general terms, just about his own life. Yes, he was thinking about it coming to an end. He was being poured out like a drink offering. But the Apostle Paul, right before he died, was thinking about the next generation and getting this letter out to Timothy, which is a huge point for us to get. Let me say it this way. Paul wasn't focused exclusively on building his ministry. And and the present generation needs to hear that. That so much preaching today and so many books being written today by Christians, listen carefully, hear my heart, are all about you. And they're all about me. Count the times that you you hear you in a lot of popular preaching. And how many of y'all know? We got to talk about you. We got to talk about me. Who else is going to do it? But listen, it's important to talk about you. But let me help y'all. In talking about you, the best thing that I can remind you of is that it's not about you. Did y'all get that? It's okay to talk about your calling. As long as you know that your calling, it's not about you. It's okay to talk about your gifting. As long as you realize that your gifting, my gifting, is not to get more loves and likes. Our giftings are for the purpose of reaching the people that God has placed in our lives. And and I'm telling y'all, this generation is obsessed in the Christian world with you, 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 me, me, me. We talk about one another and we forget that all that God gives us is for the sake of the world that Jesus died for. And we see this model in Paul. Of course he thought about himself. Of course Timothy thought about himself. Of course they talked about one another. But they knew that it wasn't about them. It was about the next generation. It was about the next person that God wanted to reach through them. Does that make sense? That's the heart of the Apostle Paul. So before, listen carefully, before Paul passed on, before he passed away, He passed on some things to Timothy that lived on. A legacy that lived on that impacted Timothy for for days and years to come. Here's what I want you to see. First and second, Timothy provide the words of a man who was near the end of his race. And the Apostle Paul was not going to die with the baton in his hand in a prison cell. He was not going to die before the executioner with the baton in his hand. The Apostle Paul knew he had to place that baton in young Timothy's hand and in the hands of others so that they could run as he had run so the kingdom of God could continue to advance. Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? Just setting up the heart of this. Paul was constantly thinking about others. He was constantly thinking about how to activate the gift in others. He was constantly thinking about, for example, in Romans 1, he said, I long to see you, people of Rome, church at Rome. I long to see you so that I can impart some spiritual gift to you to make you strong. This was the way he lived. It's the way that he, he thought. And it's something that we need to get Today, so before Paul passed away, he passed on some things to Timothy that that I believe by the word of God, God wants us to get today. Let me give you these three things. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, what did Paul pass on? Well, really, it's a way of thinking. Number one, Paul made Timothy, and I've written here parenthetically, the next generation. 
Paul made Timothy, this was his thinking, he made Timothy a priority. He made him a priority. Let me explain what this means in, in, in more detail. Paul spent time with Timothy. But Paul, Paul, Paul wasn't just a preacher. He was a reacher. And Paul was an equipper. And Paul knew that, that it wasn't enough just, just, just to proclaim Jesus to crowds. Paul got with men. He discipled men. He spent time with people. And how many of y'all know time is one of the greatest gifts that God gives us? And how many of y'all know time, our time for others, is one of the greatest gifts we can give other people? Are, are y'all with me today? Listen carefully. Older people, north of 60, and I said older, I didn't say old. I said older, older than me. Some of y'all, you, you know, you, if you're 65 or whatever, you're feeling like, oh, it's time to retire, or it is, you know, it's that time just to settle in and relax. I get it. You've worked hard all, the, all those years. But listen, right now, if you're retired, you have more time than you've ever had. And I want to in, 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 encourage you and challenge you, older people. Listen, God has been doing a work in some of you for decades. And you are older people, treasure chests of wisdom and of the word and of experience. Could it be that God still has you around in the days of retirement for you to go back to work this time for the kingdom of God to spend time with the next generation? Is that somewhere in the Bible? Listen, listen, don't settle in older generation to just hanging out with your generation. Am I preaching now? Somebody's going to get mad at me. I feel it coming. <laughs> older people, don't just hang around older people. You can talk about the good old days and what God did decades ago or whatever you talk about. That's fine. Younger people need to hear from the older people what God's done. Older people already know. The younger generation needs to hear. Young people. Younger generation, don't just hang around young people. Are y'all tracking? You, you, I mean, come on, you'll connect and we get each other. We wear the same shoes and you look the same, talk to them, get your little click. Great. Listen, old people, older people. I said it, I said it, there it's out. Open up your life. Open up your home. Pour out all that wisdom. Pour out that word. Find a young person. Older man. Old, older man. Find a younger man. Just commit to pray for that younger person. Start there. But open up your home. Meet them. Pour in to them. Young people. Young people. Find someone who's been walking with the Lord. And, you know, I hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, Pastor Scott, you know, uh, I, I wanted I wanted to meet with you, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was kind of afraid to ask, and I wanted to meet with this person, but I was afraid to ask. And I said, "Listen, young people, I did a lot of things wrong when I was young in the Lord. Here's one thing I did right. One thing is that I found godly men who were decades older than me." And I cornered them, and I was desperate enough to say, listen, I need you to meet with me because I want whatever's in you. I want what's on you to get in me, so to speak. 
Listen, young people, you're bold on social media. You're bold in the things you do. Be bold and approach someone who's been walking with the Lord and say, I need what's in you to get on me. Does that make sense? Old people, older generations say, let's do it. We'll meet, meet wherever older people meet. It doesn't matter. Spend time with them. Pour your life into them. Don't be condescending. Don't talk about what they're not doing. Tell them what they can be doing by the Spirit of God. Fan into flame the gift of God. That way, we got the older speaking to the younger. The younger meet with the older. Not just the older with the older and the younger with the younger, but the older with the younger. We're doing it together as a kingdom of God. Advancing the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? That's what Paul did with Timothy. Decades older than Timothy. He became a father to him. Let me translate Paul for y'all today. You have 10,000 podcasts to listen to. 10,000 speakers. 10,000 YouTube channels. 10,000 Mike Todd, Stephen for whatever. 10,000 sermons to listen to ever you listen to young people. Listen to R.C. Sproul, by the way, if you want a new preacher to listen to. Listen to R.C. Sproul. Listen to some older people. Listen to some old Billy Graham. Listen to some of the recordings of A.W. Tozer. Listen, for every, every young generation, what they listen to, you've got to go back and listen to some older people with some wisdom who've walked with the Lord for a long time. Go back. Listen to those people as well. We need this so desperately. There are 10,000 messages to listen to. But you have not many fathers. Think about that. 10,000 speakers building their platform, but not many fathers. I'm believing that that's going to be different here at Midtown. Because, yes, there are 10,000 people to listen to, but we got all kinds of spiritual fathers up in this house. Most of them are sitting on the front row. There are others scattered throughout here. I can call you all by name. But I think you get the point. Paul spent time with Timothy. He prayed for Timothy. And y'all thought this was going to be a money series. What? I'm not talking about your money. I'm talking about your time. Let me just speak to the elephant in the room and get it back to the lamb. The lamb, Jesus, who died for us to give us this example to follow. Initiated by Jesus carried out by Paul. Are y'all ready to take the baton and do the same? Let's do it. He spent time with Timothy. He prayed for Timothy. Look at 2 Timothy 1, 3, and 4. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly, Timothy, in my prayers night and day. Well, that's powerful, huh? As I remember you, your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Paul spent time with Timothy. He prayed for Timothy. He cared deeply for Timothy. Number two. Getting ready to wrap up here. Number two. Paul passed on. Note this word. A pattern. Everybody say pattern. A pattern for Timothy. That is the next gen to follow. He passed on a pattern. Not just a message. That's important. That's included in what I'm about to read. It's nothing less than his words, nothing less than the word, but it's, it's more than that. It's not just the way he taught, but it's the way that he lived. He passed on a 
pattern. 2 Timothy 1.13, follow the pattern. Here it is, it begins here. Of the sound words that you have heard from me. Sound doctrine. Doctrine matters. Don't, don't think that doctrine is for you know, people who don't really care about ministry and just want to fight about theology. All of us have doctrine. If you're in Christ, you either have good doctrine or bad doctrine. That's just the way it is. We're all theologians. So I don't really see, I don't really identify as a theologian. Listen, if you are a believer in Jesus, you are a theologian of some sort, either a good one or a bad one. Because when you do theology, you're simply saying things about God. Every time you post on Facebook something about God, you're doing theology. Paul passed on sound theology, sound words, a sound, clear, crisp, Jesus-centered gospel to Timothy. He passed on sound speech, this pattern of not saying one thing over here and saying something else over there, but rather there was consistency in his speech. Paul was a whole person, not a divided person. And basically, Paul is saying, Timothy, you know this. This is what I've handed down to you because you have been with me. Not just hearing me speak, but you've been with me. Timothy was with Paul in the trenches in day-to-day life. If you want to know who I am, don't look at me now. Come spend time with me. Come to my home and you'll see who I am. How many of y'all know it's one thing to put words together in order and preach passionately. It's another thing to live godly out there. The, the, the qualifications for me to do this are not what I'm doing now. The ability to teach is important. But more than that, character qualifications for leaders. Paul modeled it. He modeled it for Timothy. And he says, follow the pattern. Listen, listen, listen. Once again, older people. Listen, parents. One of the most powerful things that you can pass on is your example. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good thing, and that can be a scary thing. Listen, people of God, walk in the path of righteousness. As believers, there are times that we might step in the darkness, but if you're really a believer, the Spirit of God lives in you. You might step in the darkness, but you won't walk in it very long. Listen, 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 people of God. Walk in the way of righteousness. Parents, one of the best things that your kids can see is you walking by faith, not by sight. Let them observe. Just let them watch. You walk by faith. As you walk by faith, watch them see that example and eventually, God willing, start doing the same. You can't save them, but you can set an example for them. Does that make sense? You can't save them, but you can set an example, a godly example for them. Walk through the dirt of this world, the nastiness of this world with faith in God. Walk uprightly, walk righteously, leave footprints for the younger generation to follow behind and walk in. Just set that example. Paul did that for Timothy. What an incredible example it was. It wasn't about money. It was about his example. So Paul says, follow me, Corinthians. As I follow Christ. See that? See, see how it works? As I follow Christ, you follow me. 
But know this, as you follow me, I'm probably going to let you down. He won't. How many of y'all know we are walking together trying to be more like him? But nonetheless, nonetheless, there's power in finding someone steps ahead of you that you can follow and imitate as that person seeks to imitate and follow Jesus. Does that make sense? Y'all receive that? Are y'all mad at me? Older people, are y'all mad at me? Number one, we're almost done. Paul, number one, Paul made Timothy a priority. Number two, Paul passed on a pattern, a pattern for Timothy for the next gen to follow. Number three, and then we'll wrap up. Number three, very simply, there's so much to say from First and Second Timothy. I sat at my kitchen table for f- six hours mining through these documents to figure out how do I put this together in a 30, well, never mind. There are no 30-minute messages here. Um, <laughs> In 50 minutes. Let me just summarize with this and we'll close. Paul very simply did his part, just his part, to see Timothy, the next gen, succeed. He just did his part. Where do you get that? Well, all over the New Testament, but let me show you in particular. 2 Timothy 1, 5 and 6. Paul says this to Timothy. I love this. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother from Eunice. (laughs) Just seeing if y'all are listening. (laughs) That was funny. Let me back up. (laughs) That was not planned. I just had to see if y'all were with me. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to what? Fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Boy, that's powerful, huh? What's he saying? Timothy, your grandmama, your grandmother, she did her part. Your mother, good job. They did their parts. But God used Paul to do his part in Timothy's life. I'm so thankful for all the people in my life. I'm surrounded by people who've all just done their part in my life so I can do my part in other people's lives. I thank God for my mama. Who her, her address is, zip code is heaven, whatever that is. But she prayed for me, loved me, set an ex- a good example for me. I had a great, 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 great mom. I had a great spiritual mom, Alexa Beaumont. Spiritual fathers. I'm surrounded by so many people who, watch, have just done just their part. Each one had a distinct part to play. And it's easy to get overwhelmed sometimes in church about all the things to do and all the people to meet with and how to lead and how to act and how to speak. You can get so overwhelmed. Listen, let me help you simplify it a bit. Get in the Word of God. Get around the people of God and ask, God, 
what part are you asking me to play in people's lives? Lois did her part. Eunice did her part. Paul did his part. I like to say it this way. At Timothy's ordination, Paul laid his hands on Timothy. I like to say it this way. And by doing so, Paul had a hand in Timothy's future. He was there at his ordination. He prayed for Timothy at his ordination. And we don't know all the details of what happened, but Paul called out the gift of God that was in Timothy by the laying on of his hands. Paul called out Timothy's gifts. Paul made the good deposit of truth. Paul cheered him on and supported him along the way, even while Paul was in prison awaiting his execution. That's a man who believed in the next generation. And there are some Timothys out there waiting on you, waiting on me. And my question is this, what will you pass on before you pass? What will you pass on before you pass away? What legacy will, will you leave? Who will you pour into, ladies, older ladies, so many godly older women at this campus? Uh, uh, Miss Sonia, Mr. Brett, y'all just celebrated 46 years of marriage. Y'all been married longer than I've been alive. Jeez, that's awesome. There are so many godly women. And Miss Sonia, I want to honor you for your faithfulness, praying, interceding, doing the work of ministry that nobody else even sees, you and Mr. Brett, but in particular, speaking of godly women, Miss Sonia, you're pure gold and we love you as a congregation. We love you. And you don't do it for this. You don't do it for this. That's why I'm recognizing you. Because you don't do it for the applause of man. You do it for the applause of heaven. So we honor you. And there are many others just like her. But my question is, what kind of deposit will you make? What will you pass on before you pass? In conclusion, obviously we're in this legacy series and I've been saying it's not, it's not about money. It's about the heart of getting the gospel right and understanding that Jesus died for the sins of the world, for people to be saved, born again and enter his kingdom. And with that said, there are many ways to participate in legacy. There are many ways to get involved in church or many ways to support the kingdom of God. But with next in mind, as y'all heard last Sunday, the, the goal in this series is to raise a million. It's not about money. It's about the principle. But we are out to give of ourselves, give of our time, give, yes, even of our money. Because, well, I just mentioned that uh, we're about to launch the next campus. Some of you, 
Listen, some of you will be called to go and help with that next campus. I will release two of you. (laughs) Some of you will go. And you know what? It does my heart good to see people grown here and sent from here to advance the kingdom of God. It does my heart really, really good. But I'm talking about the next campus, which will be announced by Pastor Jacob next Sunday. How about this one? I've preached so long today, but watch number two. The next people group. I said last Sunday, we are going to send our money. Yes, our money to some missionaries and some leaders in Africa and in Asia who have nothing to do formally with our Savior's church. They are brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God who are reaching unreached people groups on those continents. I don't know about y'all, but that gets me fired up. Thinking about missionaries. Think about the next people groups to be reached. Number three, the next leaders. I'm looking around right now and I'm thinking about the next pastors, the next church planners, the next, you name it, I am going to have my hand, along with my wife, in raising the next leaders in Our Savior's College, which is about to be relaunched in January. Yeah. How about the next Jacob? Y'all heard his story last Sunday, if you were here, from Teen Challenge, got free from addiction, but then found the retreat at sunset. God sent him there and... He got free from sin, but now he's walking in, in God's purposes for his life. He has a brand new life. They're, I'm talking about the next Jacob, the next addict, the next broken person. And finally, how about the next child that we want to help? The next mom as we support the local pregnancy center. And we saw you know, just this just this year, uh, Tara, was it what, 57 ladies that came to the Lord through the local pregnancy center that we're going to support? Come on, y'all. That's... That's easy to get behind, isn't it? What have I been talking about today? The next. And I want you to look on your seat. There's a prayer card. I want you to pull it out real quick, and we're going to end with this. I want you to pull out that card. And I want you to tell us what your your needs are, because I want to pray for you. We're going to get these cards. We're going to collect them. And as a staff, you need to know that we we pray over the prayer cards almost every, every week before staff. We're going to be praying for you and for your needs. But I want you to take the card and you take it home with you and I want you just to pray. Here's all I'm asking you to do. Pray, Lord, what would you have me do? What what amount of money, what amount of my time am I going to pass on? What amount do you want me to, to give to see the next reach? Just That's all I'm asking you to do is just pray. Just pray pray about partnering with me, partnering with us, because we're going to give to see the gospel go forth, to see people's lives transformed. And how many of y'all know there's nothing better than that? There's nothing better than that. Let me get y'all out of here. Would you stand your feet with me? Come on, would y'all just lift your hands right now? Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the example that you set. Jesus, this is all about you. We want people to know you, to imitate you. 
We, 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 Jesus as a church, want to be purely motivated to go forth in the kingdom of God, to advance it, to reach the next, the next, the next. So, Lord, use us, help us. Thank you for the Midtown Campus. Thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, thank you for all that you're going to do in this next season. We bless you. We give you all the praise and all the thanksgiving. Jesus, it's in your awesome name we pray. And everyone said, amen.